0: We really can't predict the future because nobody can. What we can do though is help auto manufacturers recognize, prepare for and profit from whatever comes next. Auto Supply Chain Profits gives you timely and relevant insights and best practices from industry leaders. It's all about what's happening now in the automotive supply chain and how to prepare your organization for the future because the auto supply chain is where the money is.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Supply Chain Profits podcast. And today we're going to focus on software and cybersecurity, two issues on everybody's mind in the auto industry. This episode was recorded live from the OESA Supplier Summit in Novi, Michigan. And today we are bringing you not one, but two thought leaders in the space. Our first guest is Jennifer Dukaski. She is affectionately known as the geek lawyer and the recognized thought leader in the space of emerging tech, media, IP, privacy, and cybersecurity. Jennifer, welcome to the show.
2: So, Jennifer... Tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. My name is Jennifer
0: Dukarski. I am a recovering engineer, first and foremost. (laughs) Now, I I say that I'm a recovering engineer because one never truly recovers. But I did switch over and more than 10 years ago, jumped into the legal realm. So really, who I am and what I do, I bring a little bit of that engineering sensibility into the realm of legal issues Mm -hmm. with the automotive supply chain. I'm happy to be a part of Butzel Long. Butzel is, we've been here for well over, over 150 years and have been instrumental uh, in all things automotive. We are really the leaders in the best when it comes to terms and
2: conditions and looking at emerging technology in the vehicle. What is your perception of or vision of the future of the automotive supply chain? Well,
0: I think there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon and a lot of them really do come from technology. It's it's either the components that are going into the supply chain, all of these new areas with software, artificial intelligence, sensors, electrical vehicle batteries, just so many different new technologies, but at the same time, a lot of these technologies, a lot of the software, a lot of the AI can all be used to truly bring your supply chain up and, and, and into the modern era of manufacturing. So I really see technology as the place to be because it can help with the actual workload and it can help with the product
2: that we're creating. With your engineering background, what are the big challenges that automakers are facing relative to software?
0: Well, I think you can take a look at what NHTSA has been doing lately to get a good sense of of at least software in the car. We've had several recalls recently that have dealt with software. And even in the artificial intelligence area, there was the very recent cruise recall um, with automated systems that came down to a decision made by AI. So I think when you look at it, the most important thing is to understand what your software, if you're talking in-vehicle software, what it's doing and making sure that we're following safety protocols because the risks are out there. And I mean, there's the risk of it not working properly, not meeting federal motor vehicle safety standards when there is a safety standard involved in in the system. And there's always that perennial fear of a cyber attack.
2: Mm. And
0: I don't think that ever is going to go away.
2: No, and I think it's gonna get even more complex as we move towards autonomy. Oh yes. And now we are trying to build that infrastructure where the vehicle is communicating with the infrastructure that's it's all going to be through software as well. Oh.
0: Well, when you stop and think about those creative folks who have hacked the roadside units um, to put up zombie apocalypse, <laughs> um, and you think those are the type of systems that the car is going to be talking with, It leaves you with an interesting image. And again, as much as I like to joke about it, I'm just waiting to get the phone call from somebody in my family saying, what does ransomware mean and why won't my car start? But I'm hoping for the best because we have some amazing people in the security realm who are doing a very good job trying to find these vulnerabilities. And that's really where we're headed.
1: If you had to give one piece of advice, what would that be to help improve automotive supply chains?
0: I think to to, to truly improve the supply chain, it's understand your terms and conditions include your engineering specifications. It's something that when we go and negotiate terms and conditions, we don't always look at everything underneath that agreement. We need to know and make sure we're understanding what the quality requirements are. We need to know what those test requirements are. And moreover, when you have either software or some piece of technology that's plugging into the vehicle in a totally new and different way, Understanding how all of the systems around you work and those specifications is absolutely mission critical to getting a system that's going to launch, it's going to be successful, it's going to have great delivery, great quality, and also make the consumers happy.
2: And also don't forget those supply chain requirements
0: as well. (laughs) Oh, that you can never forget. Absolutely. (laughs)
2: Thank you so much, Jennifer,
0: for sharing your
1: vision of the future of the automotive supply chain with us. It's an exciting place and I'm glad to be here. Our second guest today is Martin Totev. Martin is the VP for Autocrypt. Autocrypt is a mobility security provider dedicated to the safety of new transportation. Martin, welcome to the show.
3: Pleasure to meet you and thank you for uh, allowing me to, to join this conversation. We are a company that provides cybersecurity software and solutions to the automotive industry. And Especially now with the advancement of technology in the automotive industry, we can see more and more our cars becoming digital. And with this, of course, comes all the different uh, potential threats that the internet and digital technology can bring. What we do is we work together with the uh, manufacturer of vehicles or with the uh, manufacturer of uh, equipment for vehicles to provide the necessary uh, cybersecurity consulting services or software that can prevent any potential threats. So
2: Martin, um, when you were talking about the nature of cybersecurity work that you're doing, is this aligned with ISO 26262 in terms of the cybersecurity requirements for software
3: in that? Yes. ISO 26262 is just one of the recently published uh, standards that are coming out. And we also have have 21434 as well, which is another standard that is... um, highlighting the importance of cybersecurity in vehicles. We also have, uh, especially for Europe, there is this the United Nations Economic Council for Europe that is also has a, a, a working group inside it that uh, affects the different manufacturing process. WP29 also has a cybersecurity regulation that was published, I think, two years ago. And uh, I know that OEMs and uh, different uh, suppliers are going to be required to, to have a certain process for cybersecurity. So, they can say, so they can track and they can list the different potential threats they are. How are they going to mitigate them? And of course, there's going to be pretty much a, a, a triple down effect that if the, or if let's say an, an OEM has to be compliant with that standard, it's going to request everybody who's supplying the different parts mm-hmm. to uh, to the company to be also be compliant and to provide certain information. It's great to see that there's more interest in cybersecurity, but there should be a little bit more, maybe, <laughs> because the regulation are just coming out. And the, I guess the effects are going to take some time until they're fully complete, maybe like well, two, three years.
1: So what does a supply chain look like for you? We're used to parts, but what yeah. does the supply chain look like for cybersecurity in the car? So
3: the supply chain from a cybersecurity perspective is some suppliers are not really affected by any cybersecurity or potential cybersecurity threats because we have manufacturers of different hardware. We have like the chassis manufacturers, which don't have any type of digital communications inside them. But then we have, we like to call the tier one suppliers that are the, 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 the companies that provide the whole package and more and more parts in the vehicle are becoming digital. And these parts are going to be very affected by how are we going to handle firmware updates, for example. Well, because sometimes a, a, a simple solution or a simple problem can be fixed just with a simple update. And now we have the different regulations that are going to try to m- control how updates are going to happen over the air updates. And um, I was fascinated just on on the drive here today. I never realized how 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 digitalized the, the car became. The, the the car I was driving. I'm always used to have a, a, a side brake that is pullable, It's just a simple lever. And now it's just a button. And yeah. never realized that just because it's a button, it does not have anything analog in it. It's just. You click on it, it sends a signal somewhere, and then the brakes engage. So what happens if potentially somebody taps into the connection? So who's going to be responsible? Is it, is it the manufacturer of the vehicle responsible for it? Is it the driver responsible? Because usually the driver expects to sit down, drive the car, park the car, and that's yeah. it. Because when you buy a car, you expect to just sit down and just use the car. So I guess more of the responsibility is going to be on the manufacturer side and the OEM side. And I think that's why we have these regulations coming out, so so we can prevent any potential problems from coming up.
2: I was just sitting here thinking to myself, the implications of this to traditional automotive program management are completely blown out of the water because in, traditionally we launch a vehicle and then that's the program. So we're going to run that vehicle for five, seven years. We may be doing updates that are maybe associated with improving performance or addressing deficiencies in the product design, But the cybersecurity piece is huge because it's a constant threat and there's always new threats. So that's going to completely change the complexion of how organizations do program management. Are you folks working currently with manufacturers in terms of that overall landscape of program management and how to manage cybersecurity for the long term?
3: So, yes, we are engaged with uh, some OEMs regarding the topic because it's it's one of the Services we do is the consulting services regarding the, the compliance with the, with the WP29 regulations that are coming up. And because we engage with them, we can, we, we help them prepare their uh, organization. And also we help them prepare uh, any other requirements that, that might come up because some vehicle manufacturers, let's say that they have an already established system and they just need like a slight extension to it or other manufacturers, they might need a little bit more. So that's a little bit inevitable, but we consult with them. And then if it's necessary, we provide, of course, our uh, software solutions that are made for different in-vehicle security or different component security that's also required by the by, by upcoming standards.
1: In this new world, who's responsible for cybersecurity? Is it me as a consumer or is it the OEM, or is it going to be both to make sure I don't get hacked? The the Even the supplier of the parts. Yes. Who owns that now in this new world?
3: So because regulations are constantly evolving, those topics are still being defined, but at this point, the OEMs and the suppliers are pretty much uh, responsible for this That's why they are required to have a cybersecurity management system. And this is something similar like having an ISO certification, like let's say for 9001 or 27001, which is if you have a system, if you have the necessary resources inside the company that can manage the different cybersecurity topics. And this also includes requiring your suppliers to provide you with information on, on, let's say, if the part itself is vulnerable to any cybersecurity threats or if there is any vulnerability, how it can be mitigated. But over the air updates are going to be and are actually the the best way to prevent any new and upcoming cybersecurity threats. Mm -hmm. Like how we update our phones these days with pretty much every like few months. I believe cars are going to be also updatable in a very similar manner. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just the future. Digitalization is, is happening everywhere. And the download industry is just going to experience what the phone industry has experienced for the last 20, 30 years, maybe.
2: There are some people that don't want to do updates because they don't trust what's behind yeah. that. How do we help, especially consumers, understand the importance of accepting those updates? Because in many cases, there's usually some cybersecurity support that's being embedded in those updates. Yeah.
3: When it comes to regulation, I believe there should be a middle ground as to what we can ask for permission from the driver itself and what we have to, from the OEM, push it themselves. If it's something security and safety related, I believe that the OEM should not require any action from the driver. Itself. It should be pushed because it's safety and security related. When it comes to, like, let's say, updates to like the navigation system or something that's coming to the infotainment system, maybe because it affects how the user interacts with the device mm-hmm. itself, with the car itself, it becomes a device. But then when it comes to safety, it's just inevitable. It, it has to be pushed by the OEM. I mean, that, that's my personal opinion. And I hope that I, I believe that the regulation authorities and the, the people responsible for the different regulations are on the same page as myself, because safety, of course, is the highest priority.
2: Martin, thank you so much.
0: Are you ready to find the money in your supply chain? Visit www.autosupplychainprofits.com to learn how, or click the link in the show notes below.